For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired June 24th, 2017. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Well, good morning, good morning. This is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. I'm Bill Laco, along with Jim Crone. Hey there. you got some digits after your name, don't you? He's got uh, stuff. Digits? Yeah. Uh, sure, I'll throw it out there. Man, see. he's got one of the best. <laughs> he's got the best one ever. Listen to this. Go well, ahead, see, Jim. I have to spell it out because I have to figure it out first. But it's don't C-L-U, spell it. which is... You say it's a clue. I have a clue. You have a clue. But, hey, uh, it's the man with a clue. <laughs> but, but when I went through the whole program, it, t- it took a little bit of energy and effort to get through it. It's a chartered life underwriter. So you're saying it's not easy to it's get a not, clue. It's not easy to get a clue. I there we go. that. Well, it's not worth having if it's too easy, right? I had to pay good money for that. <laughs> and I had to go through an arduous uh, education process to yep. do it, too. Now, now the other one is still better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, when I play that on too, that's a certified fund specialist. And I always CFO. say it's a fun specialist. <laughs> I, it, we always have fun together. Yeah. I'm there, into that. Well, I mean, there's that. That's right. But I'm not certified. Well, don't, you, don't you hold like a fee-only license or something? There's that too. Bill, boy, you're on it today, man. I am quick. I keep yeah. track of this stuff. Enjoy the... I notice how I'm the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, Bill. There could be an argument made that, uh, that uh, Jim and I spent a whole lot of time studying. You were really the fun specialist. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I like my vodka. <laughs> I pay good money for my clue. So. Yeah, I pay go. good money for my CFP. And, of course, yeah. we got Troy Harmon here, director of research. Um, did I get that title right? You did, yeah. Okay. And then, uh, what, you're a... Charter financial analyst. Charter financial analyst and a, and a certified. certified valuation analyst. So you know how to analyze and value. Uh, yeah, bus- that's business what valuation. There, there you go. <laughs> Careful. Reviews are coming. <laughs> we can put a life insurance figure on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Bill, I doubt you'd want to reveal all of the cash flow that you make, which is really where I start when I start yeah. looking at how, how much something's worth, right? Yeah, well. Oh. I still wear J.C. Penney's clothes. There we go, man. You rock it though. You know what I'm saying? I do can, rock, can, rock can you, the Jock Penney. Can you tell it is valuation period? This, this is the time. That's Bill's right. looking off awesome these days. I'm telling you. Right. Uh, yeah, everybody. Oh, Bill, yeah. you lost weight? Not really. My, your hair looks very <laughs> long. <laughs> For those of you out there who don't know, I'm fat and bald, so we're good, right? It all comes together. You, know, you make it all. You make it all come together it, well, Bill. Oh it. yeah, no, you yeah. got this. I'm sexy and I know it. Oh yeah, I know it. I got a yeah. song named after me. Yeah, if uh, if you started dancing right now, 
I may leave the room, <laughs> considering what happened last time you oh, started that's dancing. That is true. Oh, but, uh, I'm not going to talk about that. No. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right, so last week, or this week, more importantly, carrying down the one. Absolutely. Anybody really surprised? Come on. I, I tell you what, though, it was tough. Yeah, it wasn't even close. Loads of they money. did, but it wasn't even close. Yeah, it was. The I women I, vote. They came out, got no, in the car. I, they drove to the, to the polls to guess who they voted for. Yeah. In, in the rain, no less. Come on. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. Whatever. Yep. And I know because clients, we have plenty of Democrat clients. Right. Plenty of Republican clients. Employees, too. Plenty. We got, we got plenty. folks on both sides. And we've got folks that live down in that 6th district. And uh, what was strange to me is uh, a lot of the talk was, uh, I saw this first on the news, the local news and uh, television news. And they were telling us that... Uh, uh, some of the individuals were saying, you know, they get three knocks on the door, seem like every day. Sometimes it seemed like the same person. Um, but when you counted who was out there working as hard, you know, the, the hardest um, far and away, Democrats were about 10 to 1 as far as those folks that were knocking on the door. And the, the election results still went the same way uh, that they had in the fall. Uh, you know, Price won the same district by a pretty wide margin uh, back then. But <clears throat> you look at... Uh, uh, the the actual um, paid help on each of the campaigns, and it was about, what would you expect, 10 to 1. Oh, boy. Uh, about 174 people, from what I understand, uh, were on the Ossoff campaign, and I think Karen Handel had 17 paid employees on her campaign and uh, still won. Efficiency. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's a special election, blah, 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 get it. Yeah. Now can we get down to business in Washington? Now well, can we pass it, yeah. some legislation Amen. that might actually change the amount of money I keep in my pocket? Amen. Yeah. That you keep in your pocket. Yeah, you know, you know what? If the if the Republican Party had gotten together uh prior to this, we would already have some sort of uh passage of potentially meaningful legislation. Yeah, I mean, if um, I wanted the same old, same old, we would have just voted Hillary in. There you go. The whole exactly. point was to do it differently. Right. It doesn't yeah. feel real different. Except for the Not tweets. so far. Except for the tweets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we haven't had a whole lot of change in regulation. I think the only thing that we've seen is, uh, is that uh, Labor Department rule, um, fiduciary rule, yeah. finally went into effect. They allowed yeah. that to go in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, other than that, you know, we've seen a few... Um, changes that uh, could be done at the executive level. Uh, but any time Congress seems to want to give yep. a vote, we haven't yep. really seen much well, change. Well, I think so. the other relatively big news in the stock market world was Uber's CEO, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's been going through some personal issues lately. Uh, his parents, I think, were in a boat uh, boating accident. His mom passed away. Oh, from I didn't that. know that. Wow. Yeah, his dad oh, was I can't injured. even make fun of him. Yeah, well, I mean, there's still plenty of craziness that's gone on in yeah, Uber, and it's been, you know, it's been reported lately. But uh, I, you never know where a guy is. Um, you know, on a personal level, that's what he was dealing with, and then he was uh, basically he was uh, heckled out of office, yeah. is what it seems like. Um, but you know, well, um, I hate that he lost his mom. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you you can't you can't. Uh, ever uh, bring that back right. obviously it's a whole lot more important than any company you're going to run but um you know in in the end uh there was plenty of reason to to kind of doubt his judgment in, in quite a few different instances it'll be interesting to see just what happens there you see lyft has uh, has made some made up some ground uh they were way behind but you see them continuing to grow um i think you know one of the two I, both both options are still 
very viable. Uh, and if you don't believe that, look at almost every Uber car you see. It's also got that pink mustache in the back window. So, Is that uh, for Lyft? Yeah. Oh, the, I didn't even know that. Yeah, the, the drivers are, you know, they, they'll drive for either one, most of them. I was in Chicago not long ago, and uh, you'll even talk to some of the cabbies, and they'll tell you, yeah, uh, I used to be. <laughs> I, I went to uh, Uber for a little while. This one guy I talked to specifically, and he told me, uh, uh, I'm back in a cab. Because I like to get paid more, yeah. Which tells you that if right. they're paying them more, you're probably the consumer is not benefiting from the from the cab company. Um, you know, regulation. I guess you could yeah. argue various things, but uh, in the end, I think uh, ride sharing, as they call it, is uh, so. Is, is here Uber to stay. a stock we would own? Well, it doesn't meet our criteria, and it's not public at the moment. So oh, it's not. Yeah, I didn't no, realize we're headed towards that. Is Lyft that. public? <clears throat> uh, I think Icon has invested. I, okay. I don't think either one are, are uh, publicly traded. No, so, I got you. Um, you know, here we are. Uh, I, I think that um, that both of them will be at some point viable and and public. But uh, at the moment, it's not something that will get anywhere close to the criteria that we require before we make an investment for our clients. So, All right, and, and I think the other big news. I'm just taking over your segment, Troy. No, go you can for heckle it. me. We're doing financial planning. <laughs> Is oil? It's it's a value, evaluation season. Remember, Bill? it is value. I can do whatever I want right now. <laughs> oh you know, man, you are the man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you still only gonna get like negative two yeah. percent. Well, hey, I'm just saying. That's all right. <laughs> got to grow some hair, man. I got. I'm you. not just a client. I'm the president. Or having right. a yeah. commercial goes. <laughs> there um, you go. But uh, no, I mean, oil. What broke? $43 a barrel or something? Yeah, it's uh, definitely going the wrong direction. They've been talking about how well, it depends on whether tra- you put yeah. it in your tank or not. Well, there, right? there is that. Uh, different from our neighbors to the north in Canada, our economy doesn't rely on it so heavily. Um, you know, we've got a couple of states that really uh, are impacted, but for the most part, we're a consumer nation. So I can't imagine anything that would hurt terrorism more. Than oil being zero dollars a barrel. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it uh, dries it up. I, you know, we watched uh, from about mid 2014 until early last year, where uh, Saudi Arabia decided that they were going to find the uh, the absolute rock bottom price that it would take to to uh, they kill. They found it. Yeah, they did to kill the Bakken shell producers. They found it without a doubt. We got down in the twenties. Exactly. This was a classic case of cutting off your nose to spite your face. Uh, ultimately. Their whole economy runs off of the price of, of crude oil, and uh, uh, when the when the bills started getting late, they decided uh, maybe we ought to back off on the overproduction, which is what the way that they were doing what they were doing, you know, just oversupply the market and uh, drive the price to the floor. So um, they have uh, they've backed off on that and. Uh, allowed the price to get a little bit better. Stable. They still, you know, they still struggle with uh, with supply issues. This is still the same old uh, debate: uh, is everybody playing by the rules? As long as the price is above around forty two or three dollars, I think at one point we thought forty seven. But as long as it's in that low forties, they can still poke a new hole in the ground up in North Dakota and be profitable to some degree. So. Uh, uh, they keep they keep messing with that. Uh, we're right on the edge of that at this point. All right. But, well, look, I want to I want to talk about two other issues when we come back. Sounds great. You're listening to Money Talks. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. It's time for the dog of the week. All right, T-Roy. 
All right, so uh, when I was looking through to find us the dog of the week this week, it, you know, there's been weird things going on around Target, the the department store, the retailer. I'm afraid I did not know this. Yeah, I feel like you're not long ago. Not long ago, we had a shareholder, whomever he was. Uh, started talking about bomb threats at Target what? and doing all kind of things, trying to make their price plummet so that he could get in there and buy him some more but shares. They have uh, they have laws against that. Uh, they do, and uh, he has felt the uh, the stiff toe of the boot of the law, I believe, at this point. Uh, <laughs> the SEC doesn't really take too kindly to that. When I they exactly. generally send over to FBI. Yeah, they uh, when the SWAT team shows up at your house because yeah, you've uh, because you've tried HRT, to a, yeah you don't want right. that you don't want none of that when you try to adjust your stock price to a more favorable position for yourself in that manner and the SWAT team shows up you know you did something wrong <laughs> you have not succeeded well as I'm reading through the paper this week a a, a a story catches my eye and I thought here we go again this Target thing man what in the world gunman kidnaps family forces them to shop at Target. Now, when I read that, and I know it's on the heels of the news that I just talked about, these Target investors, they'll do anything to drive the price higher. <laughs> they go to the nth degree. Oh, that's they, too funny. They really do. Yeah, too funny. Actually, but, I mean, it, that might be the marketing ploy right there. I might want to, you know, even the gunman wants to shop at Target. <laughs> yeah, well, what he did, he took a family of four and just knocked on their door. They opened up the door. There's a gun in their face. Uh, he demanded money. They gave him money, and that wasn't enough. He uh, insisted. This was in North Carolina, by the way. He insisted on uh, the whole family going shopping to buy him various clothes and uh, uh, several. Did they uh, arrest this fine young man? Uh, well, strangely enough, while you're in a Target store, you happen to run into employees once in a while, and uh, the family was able, since there were four Call of them and one of Call him. Exactly, is what happened. Just so happens there's a couple of police officers sitting in a parking lot nice. who come through the door and uh, take this man into custody. It turns out that he was involved in, uh, or at least allegedly involved in, uh, three prior uh, similar cases. They were glad to get this guy off. Did they the all go shopping at Target? Everybody. Four, who? The <laughs> no, the, uh, the, the other three cases. Oh, now that it didn't make it clear, but there was uh, a kidnapping involved in, in uh, one of the other cases, at least. So uh, this guy was a, a serial offender, uh, according to the police. No on the streets. Absolutely. Did yeah. they at least get a gift card? Well, <laughs> <laughs> they, should, they should be very thankful to Target. <laughs> uh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. Okay, so um, philosophical discussion, and we're going to get into uh, this question we got here, Jim, about long-term care. Sure. So... I look at the market and I think not overpriced. I think it's fairly valued, leaning towards highly valued. Yeah. Um, that being said, we had strong earnings, right? SP 500 earnings were up pretty good over double yeah, digits. Yeah, over over 15 percent right? in the and, first quarter relative to the first quarter of right. 2016. So markets forward looking. I get it. I understand. I understand. Right. And then I see things like Trump, President Trump, tweet out that. Thank you, China, for trying to help us with North Korea, but, and I'm paraphrasing here, we'll take it from here. Right. And then I see we're shooting down planes in Syria, yeah. and then Syrian Russia starts jet. to lippity-lap back at us. And, mm -hmm. you know, so a lot of times it's not about the economy in terms of what might drive the stock market down, that ever-loving 10 or 15% that we haven't seen in so long. Right. It could be an exogenous Variable. How about that word? Absolutely, mm. man. That you word. Look it up. Through the the I can't spell it, but I found it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it makes me 
I, I mean, first of all, we obviously do not time the market. Right. So I'm not predicting a war or any conflict or anything like sure. that. But I think people have to have to take a look at their portfolio and make sure they're invested for the long term, not for tomorrow. Because right. tomorrow you could wake up and changes. Yeah. yeah. Who, who knows? We're bombing something. Yeah. You know, somewhere. Right. And the world goes, uh oh, better be careful. Yeah. You know. Not related to investments, but uh, I had a great uncle during uh, 1941. He went to the store to buy himself some a new set of tires. Uh, the gentleman at the store was getting ready to close, so he said, why don't you just come back tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow happened to be December, December 8th. 7th. Oh, yeah. yeah. 1941, wow. uh, when Pearl Some Harbor year. was bombed. Guess what? It took him four years to buy a new set of tires. Oh, he didn't get because uh, almost yeah, immediately rationing, rationing right. uh, kicked in, and uh, he patched, and, and from that point on, because of this, I mean, I know it's not, it's no, not it's, related it's to analogous. investing, but it, right. it is. Right. Uh, so, you know, he, he scrimped and saved, and uh, back in those days, they would tie a cloth around tires. He had The, the roads were terrible, and his tires were horrible. This was in, right here in Cobb County, South Cobb County he lived, and, um, uh, you know, he suffered... And, and from that point on, he planned ahead, like you're, right. you know, encouraging people to do. Well, he, I if, just, he, if his tires got down half tread, he bought a new set. If he had half a tank of gas, he would fill it up. Right. I, and those, Smart. yeah, those types of things become ingrained in you when you have to suffer through well, something I, I've just, unforeseen. I, we, I've gone on quite a few client and potential client meetings in the last two weeks, traveling, seeing clients, and then meeting some potential clients. And the conversation is, oh, I've got this extra cash. Mm-hmm. Why don't we put it in the stock market today? I'm like, okay, let's just let's just relive mm-hmm. how all this went because these are all clients and probably potential clients. Right. We're around during 08, and you go, I couldn't pry that cash out of your hand yeah. in 08, 09, 2010 to yeah. invest when the market was down in half. Now, when the market's at an all-time high, it seems like every day, yeah, you want to throw it in. And I'm just yeah. telling you, the stock market is a market where people do the exact opposite. If right. you walked into Macy's and they have a for sale rack and a full price rack, which one are you going to go look at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Make the first pass by the sale exactly. counter. Exactly. If RBM of Atlanta, Mercedes, or Jim Ellis Audi says half off, I'm yeah. pretty sure you might buy more than one. Could be. So my point isn't that I think that we're about to have a some event that's going to drive the market down. What I am saying is we've had a 10% correction last year beginning of last year, right. so now we're 16 months since we've had a 10% correction. Right. Generally have one of those once a year. Yep. We haven't really had a 5% correction in a long time. That's we usually true. have three 5% corrections a year on average. Right. 15% correction once every two years, 20% correction once every three years. Tell them how long it's been, Johnny, Troy, yeah. Johnny, Troy, <laughs> yeah. since we've had a 20% correction. Oh, goodness. It, Six, it was, seven years. Yeah, it's oh, 2008, yeah. right? Since the downgrade of the debt. Yeah, uh, that would have been 2011. Yeah, go. August 5th, I believe it was, when we got downgraded. And, so uh, I sit back and I go, off. okay, market's a little bit pricey. I'm not saying get out of the market. Do not hear. The, do, you have not heard me yell sell. You guys know right. I will yell sell when I have to. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, most of that is in uh, fun. It is. Yeah. But I'm not suggesting that. What I am suggesting is, look, if you're following a financial plan that says you need X amount of dollars in fixed and X amount of dollars in growth, However, you create that plan. Now, we tend to want to follow what's called our 10-year rule. Right. And so we look at your cash flow analysis. And, and this is important because we come to the long-term care question here, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Understanding whether you need it or not is not just feel good. 
And it's not just about totally. how much assets you have, totally. because it is about how much cash you generate. Because right. you can't spend bars of gold. You can't walk in That's with right. a Coca-Cola certificate to Publix and actually buy anything. That's right. You have to convert it to those green little dollar bills. Yep. And that is what's really going to drive how much money should be in fixed. So our opinion is if you need the money out of your account in the next 10 years, cash flow-wise, then it better not be in stocks. Right. Because Too we just volatile. lived it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all of you guys listening today lived it. I mean, yeah, you right. know, now you know That's why we have right. a 10-year rule. Yep. And, oh, by the way, it only took three and a half years to get back. Right. Yep. So you That's didn't true. sell during those three and a half years. When it got back, you sold. Right. Refilled your 10-year bucket. Yep. So. yep, yep. I don't know. I don't mean to pontificate, but what do you feel, Troy? I didn't really get yeah, you no, the opportunity I, to. Here's the thing, and I've been doing something similar as well, Bill. I've had quite a few uh, client meetings. Uh, I go a lot of times with our 401k department to uh, uh, to talk to uh, you know their their uh, board meetings uh, where they're making investment decisions. And and one of the things that I've talked about lately is when I look at the price to earnings ratio. Uh, relative to history, relative to even a 10-year or even a longer uh, history on the price-to-earnings ratio, I'm looking somewhere between 21 to 31 percent uh, higher than I would be comfortable with. You know, it's sure. higher than the average. So not that I'm not comfortable, really, uh, but but to uh, piggyback on the Bill's point, the thing that I tell them all, I'm never going to be the guy who tells you to go to cash. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, so what I think you ought to do is know what your strategy is. You, you really can't uh, act without a, a reasonable plan. So financial planning is, is very important. Know what you make, know what you spend, uh, know how to project that into the future so that you can kind of estimate how much you're going to spend when you have no more income. That's the game here, right? right. We're, we're trying to figure out uh, how our assets will, will carry us to the end of life. Um, and and maybe even beyond if you're going to give it to family members, which is very common. Uh, so in order to do that, you know, we're looking now at, at strategies. If your strategy seems to be out of whack relative to what you know it should be, Rebalance your accounts. If you need uh, bonds to cover your next 10 years, you should buy them now. I think it's a great time to uh, to consider your portfolio. Uh, just to do a little math, about 15% increase again uh, on earnings in the S&P 500 would get us back in line with, with uh, real comfortable rates. We just had 15.5% return uh, or increase, rather, in the uh, first quarter. So um, those numbers aren't far-fetched. Uh, or, as Bill, you said, a bit of a pullback in the market would probably make me a little more comfortable as well. So, you know, while the P.E. looks 13 or 30%, uh, earnings could get us back at just 15%. All right. We're going to stop here for a quick break. You listen to Money Talks. We'll be right back. I had my eye on you a long time, Doctor. I consider you one of my most valuable long-term investments. And when it comes to my investments, I always do my homework. Imagine being a congressman, congresswoman, senator. I wouldn't want to put up with a BS amp. I mean, Karen no. Handel got beat to death. And so did Osman. Whatever. Ossoff. Ossoff, sorry. Um, except for when she goes, I have to say, the debate 
you know, I don't like debates all that much, but it was so funny when she goes, and so are who, who are you going to vote for? <laughs> Come on, that's a good line. That's a good line. <laughs> the question of the day. Yeah, oh, you don't live in the district. I'm sorry. Yeah. You don't get to vote. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was a good point, I believe. Yeah. Um, it, some of it's entertaining just to watch them beat their brains out, but it's like, it's just not. I mean, were you not sick of the ads? Oh, absolutely. Everybody oh, yeah. I've talked to, uh, whether they were in the district or well, not. Now, being in the district, it, it's compounded by people beating on your door. That <laughs> yeah. would get horribly old. Yeah, that would. Calling your phone number, all the yeah. rest of that. Yeah. I mean, leave me alone. But the ads were horrible. All right, Jim. So um, we've got this situation here where uh, Roscoe and Daniela have been approached by their insurance agent yep. um, about long-term care coverage. While they're quite comfortable with their investments, and plan on continuing to work for another 10 years, they do know they'll be tapping their brokerage investments for their daughter's education and not their retirement assets, but at some point they'll probably have to pull on them. And so right. is long-term care a smart decision? You know, I'm going to answer it the way I always answer it. depends. How about so, that? Imagine, All those uh, letters behind his name, and that's what we get. That's the clue I'm going to give today. Wow. But, Bill, picking up on the things that you guys have all saw earlier today, and I know this is how you make your practice uh, evident with your clients, you really do need to take a step back. In my opinion, too many times clients that have the questions and we are readily able to answer those, they get really hyper-focused on a product. For example, let's talk about long-term care insurance product. And inevitably, we want to be able to get there, but before we get to that conclusion, we definitely need to take a step back and look at the bigger picture, the items that you've already talked about, their, their spending habits, their investment, alo- their investment allocation. Um, and then we'll inject items about uh, the long-term care conversation to help round out a well-established uh, framework for how do you look at insurance. The biggest issue that we want to focus on is um, let's look at the statistics of what makes up the long-term care issue. Things like what are the costs? Where do you plan on retiring? Because in the end, um, that's the financial risk that somebody's going to have, right? You need to look at where are the costs of care services today, whether it's in home or in a facility. And then I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how you can have that conversation the long-term care conversation, without injecting it inside of a larger financial plan. Well, I, don't, I, I completely agree, and I know I've seen the rules of thumb that say if you have under a million or under $2 million, you need to automatically buy long-term care. My, 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 my question to that is, well, what if I only spend thirty grand a year? Right, exactly. And I, and I, and I generate 4% in my dividends. Well, why would I need long-term care? I could pay for my own you could, long-term care. Yeah, but see, having the information about what are the costs and where are they today right. and where are they potentially going to be in the future, yes. having that is important. And, in fact, that's one of the first things that we bring to the table is we say, hey, look, according to the surveys, and there are people that do these annually, and they put it out there. It's readily available on the, on the Internet. You can actually see what is the cost of care for somebody coming in your home on average, um, in Metro Atlanta or South Georgia, North Carolina, wherever. Um, and then from that, you can start to say, okay, well, playing averages, you know, the average length of a long-term care claim is statistically about three and a half years. Um, so what is the financial risk to our friends here, Roscoe and Daniela? We find it's most uh, meaningful to actually understand the financial risk to the client. And 
obviously looking at their ages, they're on the sh- they're on the younger end of that. Um, they have a lot more planning to think about. Um, you know, long-term care, the average age of which a claim begins, and these are statistics that are readily available, um, begins at age 79. So that's often a question I get. Is that true for men and women? Uh, or is actually, that just the average of the that's two? That's the average of the two. Okay. And if you get into those statistics a little deeper, you'll find women uh, overwhelmingly have longer and stays longer issues right. related to long-term care. Other statistics that are meaningful, 80% of claims, and these are statistics that come from the insurance companies themselves, um, so they're reliable because they're the ones that are actually paying these claims, right? Uh, 80% of claims begin in the home. Um, I can see that. Yeah, and people want to stay in that. Right. So that's the whole goal. That's the whole idea, and it's very meaningful to make sure your policy says that benefits will pay for you to stay in your home. Well, you know, Jim, just a couple of nuances. So if you're looking at your cash flow projections, your analysis, this does not have to be we, – we are sophisticated about it because it's what we do for a living, and we mm-hmm. get down to the penny. Right. But if you want to do back-of-the-napkin cash flow analysis, pretty simple. Okay? Yes, it is. So you have Social Security, yep. income. Right. You might have a pension, income. You might have mandatory withdrawals coming out of your IRA, excuse me, IRA income. You might have dividends and interest coming off your portfolio, income, income. Add it up, let's just call that sixty grand a year. Mm-hmm. Now, spending. Right. Not complicated. How much do you spend? Right. I right. didn't ask you to give me a budget. I don't care where you spend That's it. Right. It doesn't matter to me if you, you know, put have it three here, homes. Put it yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. How much is it annually? And it's not just last year. You want to get a good feel for yeah. what it's been over the last three or four years, sure. maybe. Absolutely. So, so you can get an average. Right. Uh, you know, last and, year might have been an, an off year. And, or a, and true it up for whatever. federal and state taxes. So mm-hmm. count. Take that out of the picture. Yep. Okay? Yep. And so, I mean, obviously you got to pay property tax, but just, just on an after-tax basis for federal and state income tax, let's just, what is it you need to spend? Right. Well, I know if I'm bringing in 60, I'm probably paying, I don't know, 20%, 25% in taxes. Yep. So I can reduce the 60 by... 25%? Yeah, 25%. Yeah, I just can't do them. i got to get out my HP 12. <laughs> I'm not as smart as you are, Troy. My brain doesn't work like that anymore. It used to. So, you know, so we're really talking about after-tax money. you got $45,000, right? Yes. Annually. Right. All right? Well, if you're spending 60, guess what? You yeah. might need some long-term care. Or if you're That's spending, let's, let's make it more realistic because that would be a negative cash flow. If you're spending 45 and you bring in 45, you need long-term care. That's a smart approach. I mean, it just it is what it is. Now, again, I'm not selling it. Yeah. I'm not licensed. You are. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. You know. But but at the end of the day, we look at we look at risks. When you're younger, we're looking at disability insurance. Yes. We're looking at life insurance. Right. When you're older, probably don't need life insurance. No. Nope. Certainly don't need disability insurance. But you might need long-term care. The other example I will give, which is non-monetary, so I won't bore you to tears on how to do cash flow analysis. Let's just say. And a lot of our wealthy clients buy it yeah. for this reason, right here. Mm. So you got three kids, you got a portfolio worth five million dollars. Do I put mom and dad in the ten thousand dollar a month home, <laughs> or do I put mom and dad in the forty five hundred dollar a month home? Yeah. Right. True. So now yeah. you're leaving the decisions, and I'm not saying your ch- your children, listener, your children <laughs> would never do this. I know your children would never have. Right. But you're going to be have in. problems. They would never get pulled over for DU. None of that would right. happen to your kids. And you're going to be not. eating caviar, not cat food. Right. This I, is not right. you. And I'm not being smart, Alec. I can just tell you, having done this now, going on my 23rd year, yeah. that when money gets involved, 
and change the parents these are not in control, the infighting begins. I'm not saying every time. Yeah, but I'm, I'm I bet it's thirty percent of the time, if not forty. That's yeah. one of the saddest things for me to watch. Yep, you know, it's around, brutal. Yeah, it's and, brutal. And, and the business. emotions get involved. And the idea, from the planning standpoint, is put clear heads and clear thinking into the strategy, so that if and when the issue comes, you now have actual strategy. It's being put in place right. rather than scramble, right. harem scare. Well, and I would say there's there's, there's one of the unique function here. That for the first time in my career, I've actually said, well, maybe insurance policy can actually do two things at once. Mm. Normally, what do we say? You buy yeah. insurance to do one thing, whether it's disability, life insurance. You don't buy a whole life to pay life, you know, to pay for the death benefit. You're trying to accumulate cash. Yeah. Just call it what it is. Yeah. Yeah. They don't sell it that way because why? Yeah. They make a lot of commission. Sure. Right. Normally, you buy one insurance product to do one thing. But yeah. in the long-term care arena, they do have this hybrid product yes. that gives you some death benefit. Yeah. So if you never end up using the accumulated long-term care part of the policy, you can actually have some death benefits. Residual values will then go tax-free to whoever the named beneficiary is. And i got to tell you, Bill, I'm kind of come along the same way that you have. It took me a bit, um, and I do believe there are iterations of hybrid policies. There was the first round, which was big, heavy commitment, front-end premiums one time or over a five- or ten-year period. I've kind of... I've seen those, and I don't know that I would put somebody into that because there's an open question, where's the best use of your money? Right. Uh, I think playing it in that arena where you say, look, today's version of options can allow for a long play out of premiums. You can pay this right. thing for as long as you right. live, and you have a value there that will play for uh, your beneficiaries in one version or another because legitimately clients are asking my her, my word! If I pay in all these premiums on a traditional long-term care policy, and never use and it. Never use right. it. What in the world? I just right. dumped a whole bunch of money. Yeah, right. And so you got to take a step back, look at the bigger picture, and then start having an application of how do you fix that with the client's best interest involved in terms of which policy is going to fit. I got you. So if you've got questions about this, you can email us at drgene at hensler dot com, d r g e n e at hensler h e n s s l e r dot com. Or you can call us at 1-855-429-9166. Or if you want to actually talk to a real live human and not just leave a voicemail, 770-429-9166 if you want to come in. And, and my understanding is, Jim, you'll you'll do a review. Yeah. Bill by the hour so they don't have to buy a product from you. Nope. Uh, we, we do a, a complimentary review of their, their fact pattern and, yep. and how it's going to fit. Got it. Okay. Well, listen, we're going to stop here for a quick break. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. This country, you've got to make the money first. Then when you get the money, you get the power. Then when you get the power, then you get the woman. This is Money Talks. We're back. It's Money Talks. I'm Bill Lako with Jim Crone, Troy Harmon. We're having way too much fun. Oh, it is a blast. No doubt. All right. Listen, we, we're gonna, we, we've, we kind of bloviated there through three sections. I've used three big words today. Bloviated. I learned that one from Bill O'Reilly, though. Yeah. Uh, that's that's yeah. awesome. Can't stuff, spell dude. it either. You know, I'm not a good did, smart Did guy. you get that? I'm not, I'm not smart like you Did you get the thesaurus for Christmas or was that a birthday <laughs> present? <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to our questions. And by the way, if you have questions that you want to Call in and say, hey, play this on the air, 855-429-9166. Uh, again, 
429-9166. So let's go to Sam here. Hi, yeah, I have a question. Um, so I read recently on InfoWars that a lot of investors are demanding what they think are socially conscious or ethical funds. Um, is that really a thing? Because that's the most asinine thing I've ever heard. What about big oil, tobacco, or all the other, you know, sin stocks out there? I mean, can these funds actually be worth it? I mean, would they actually, would this pay off just to be socially conscious, quote unquote? I don't, I don't buy it for a second. I just want to get your opinion. Thanks. There's Sam. Sweet. I like it. I like it. Sam lays it right <laughs> Maybe next out. time I'll listen to it before yeah. we just play it. <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I have a feeling somebody might have uh, helped us out with that to at least make sure that it was radio worthy. But uh, oh, you can say that word, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so really, what we see more these days is this ESG portfolio. So it's environmental, socially uh, responsibility, and the G is governance. Um, it's not so much the sin stocks. There's been people for a long time, and, and you know we run across this a lot. We got a lot of clients that uh, don't want to buy tobacco or, or uh, alcohol companies uh, for religious purposes. Uh, some of them, because they are uh, more environmentally minded, say they don't want to buy um, oil stocks because they destroy the environment. What this does, uh, this this methodology that that uh, people are going through these days actually breaks it down and they have certain questions. So uh, when it comes to governance, well, one thing that we found is our uh, universe of uh, investable stocks and the way that we get to that is the high quality uh, the high quality filter that we run it through. We've talked about it a thousand times on the show, uh, making sure that debt is uh, is achievable, you know, easily payable, serviceable with uh, earnings, uh, or there is no debt at all. And then uh, predictable earnings are the two main pieces. Uh, you wind up finding companies that have really good governance anyway. So what is good governance? Uh, independent board. Um, you know, you've got... Uh, um, uh, several items that they go through, but it's it's basically whether or not the board of directors is working for the ultimate investor is is what governance means. Uh, good policies in place that will protect the investor from uh, craziness out of management, basically. Uh, so then you back it up. You know, like I say, there's a pretty good overlap between our universe. It's not the way that we go about things, but but there's a reason that there is that overlap. Uh, back up to the E and the S, uh, environmental. Uh, they look at things like um, how much waste there is within the company as far as in tons. Uh, quite often, is it a big energy consumer? Um, do they recycle water? Things of this nature. And some companies are paying a lot of attention because it seems like we get more and more attention on this type of investment. So, and then the social aspects. Uh, some of these I'm a little fuzzy on. Uh, the uh, percentage of women that work in the the uh, the business. Uh, sometimes they'll look at it relative to their peers. Uh, so the industry. Some industries don't don't attract a lot of women. Uh, I know. When I go to CFA conferences, uh, I would be amazed if 25% of that crowd is female. Um, the other thing is how, many, how much management is, is uh, uh, in there. Now, you know, there's always an example to the contrary, uh, and I look this up just to make the point. Uh, a company called Rick's Cabaret, RCI Holdings. You ever heard of this, Bill? I just got back from New Orleans and I saw it. 
you saw it. Okay, Rick's Cabaret. I didn't say I went in it. <laughs> yeah, you drove by. Yeah. Well, so, I walked by. Okay, Rick's Cabaret actually operates probably nine or ten uh, different. It's actually adult... one block from the Ritz. So okay, it's <laughs> all Bourbon Street. It's in the the, the upscale district even. Uh, but anyway, so Rick's Cabaret runs adult entertainment companies. Yep. It is up 122 percent over the past year. It doesn't mean that if you invest in in certain ways, and and mind you, I would imagine that Rick's Cabaret probably employs a lot of women. Well, I, look, I'm, their I'm, management is not yeah, like that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, and I'll digress here just for a second, and then we'll get to these other two questions. Um, I don't disagree with Sam, right? In the sense that I want to build a portfolio around quality stocks that right. I want to own. I don't care if it's sin stocks. I, I mean, money is right. green. I'm not making social judgments. Yeah. That's and just the world according to Bill Laco. And that and a dollar will get you a pack of gum. Probably not even a dollar, but maybe, <laughs> maybe $2 will get you a pack okay. of gum. But the, the reality is, is that, that we live in a society today that, that is becoming more – they're voting with their dollars. Becoming more aware of the issue. Well, that and, – yeah. and, and so I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not sure. like I think this is dumb. I right. think if you want to invest your money in a certain way, um, yeah. then you have every right living in this country to do that. And so we offer these portfolios because we we've do. had demand from Absolutely. clients that have wanted. it. We do. Um, it's, it's, it's a rather low demand, but it's still demand nonetheless. And, right. and so I just think that, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not as dumb as I think in terms of trying to avoid sin stocks. Right. But one thing that I think you do have to be aware of, investors like cash flows. One of the points that, that's in there on the social aspects is uh, how much of the percentage of the employment pool is union. And the more union employees they have, the bigger the score they get. Uh, quite yeah, often I mean, so you got to be careful labor, about the political overtones, right. which is my problem, because right. at the end of the day, what, I, what am I doing when I invest my dollars? I'm looking for... Mama dollar to give me baby dollars. Exactly. And then cash baby flow. dollars to give me baby dollars, yep. right? This is what I need. I right. need I need to flow. grow it. Cash flow. Yeah, and I'm not really interested personally, you may be different, yep. in 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 some of those issues. Now clearly if I don't I don't know where the line's drawn, there's always a line and my line's a little further down the road than mm-hmm. some others, but but at the end of the day, it is about earnings and cash flow. Yeah. We so. could offer you that product, ESG, right. because our portfolio does overlap, and we've got a portfolio or two that, right. that focuses on it. But And by the way, we don't own Rick's Cabaret, no. and we don't <laughs> recommend it. I wish yes. we had bought it before it went up 120%. Yeah, exactly. uh, all right, so real quick, Warner from Roswell. My insurance agent is suggesting I buy an optional rider for waiver of premiums on my disability insurance. Mm. I thought this was standard. Do most policies actually make you pay a premium while you receive benefits? Yeah, he's actually onto something there. Um, most of what I find to be what I'll call your reputable disability insurance providers. They don't sell it. that as a rider. No, it's you embedded. It's, it's, it's embedded, embedded as part of it. Also, that is also consistent with long-term care. That that same thought process is there as with that policy as well. If you are actually on claim, they will stop your premiums and and actually pay out your benefits. There are some companies that will slice and, and try to carve that off. Um, I don't see that as a, as a, as a regularly um, available in the market. It, most of the ones that I'm dealing with, in fact, I'll say it this way, any of the policies that I sell would also have that embedded waiver premium without an additional cost. Got gotcha. you. All right, real quick. Uh, Rachel from Marietta, my parents' long-term care policies with Genworth, and I'm reading Genworth is selling to a firm in China. What does this mean for the policyholders? I know what the company is saying. 
Yeah, the, uh, to me, uh, it was a big shift, right? The sale was made to China Oceanwide, which is a privately held company out over in China. Um, but if you're a policyholder, to me, that was very good news. Um, not only did they actually make the purchase price, but there was a commitment that they would inject $1.1 billion to solidify the regulatory framework around their reserving and everything else. So right. yeah. if you're a policyholder, that was a good move. <clears throat> Genworth's current uh, uh, rating, which you might want to speak with this, uh, AM Best double B minus. Yeah. It's ugly. Yeah. It's ugly. Financially, they About do not look seconds. good. Yeah, and that's... You know what? You look at that as a it's a point in time, yeah. right? And no, give, it, give it another year, and I think that'll that'll improve. Market seems to be saying that this deal won't go through. Oh. By the way, oh, is that right? Yeah. All right, Jim. Real quick, man. Market up or down? Uh, mine Jim is always it. even. <laughs> That's I what I say. You can't take mine. Oh my! Well, <laughs> oh my! I say buy. Oh, the, you are never invited back on buy, the show. <laughs> buy a long-term care policy. <laughs> <laughs> Get an annuity. <laughs> you don't mean the market's up. Yeah, who always whole life. Who needs a market when I got insurance? <laughs> <laughs> who needs insurance when I got a market? Well, I'm the opposite. It's been a slice of heaven. We'll see you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.